is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello and welcome to another festive episode of the Rams Review Podcast with myself, Jason and Corey. Corey, hello. Jason, hello. Merry Christmas. I hope Santa was good to you because all I wanted for Christmas was three points and Three points are in the bag, baby. They are, and we're going to touch on that in a minute. You know, we're in that real strange period where you don't know if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday or, or a Saturday. And or it's, if the game's going to even play. Well, exactly. We are in that weird stretch in between Christmas and New Year, with that New Year vastly approaching. Uh, obviously, we've got a game against Reading to, co- to concentrate for that. But first, obviously, we have got the Stoke City game to preview with the YYY files a little bit later in the show. But to start off with, Corey... We're going to have a chat about West Brom yesterday, but before we do, we're going to get returning Louis giving our thoughts on the result between Derby and the Baggies yesterday. Hello, guys. Louis Bent here again from the Baggies podcast. You may have heard me on the preview uh, to the game between Derby and West Bromwich Albion. I'm now taking a little look back at it. What are your thoughts on the game? You know, in terms of the game as a whole, I thought that we did have a lot of the ball and we did create a lot of the chances. However, you know, you guys remain compact. You guys remain really organised. You know, I have to to credit Derby. What are the thoughts on your team's performance? From an Albion fan's perspective, it was a really disappointed performance from Albion and not one that, you know, it was was one that I think hit a real low this season, to be quite honest. Um, But yeah, it didn't feel like you guys were in too much danger throughout the game. There were chances for us. Um, Callum Robinson had one in the first half. Notably, I think Bartley had an offside goal ruled out as well. It was just, um, it's just a really disappointing performance from West Brom. I think um, it was just, just appalling to watch. Really, there was, there was a lack of finishing, lack of quality in the final third. Um, Val uh, Ishmael has come out after the game and, and spoken about how some of the players aren't pulling their weight. And in, in some respects, I completely agree because you know the mistake given, the mistake um, by Johnston. Well, I'm going to say Johnston. I thought it was Johnston's fault. You will find some who think it was Kipre's fault. Um, was 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 remarkable. I mean, that was you know giving giving you the biggest chance to score of the game, and you know essentially just giving away a goal is is never going to help your cause. Yeah, I think just the cutting edge and quality in the final third, along with that mistake, really cost us. There was lots of players in there that I could pick out that just didn't look uh, like they were giving a hundred percent. What are your thoughts on Derby's performance? That's a credit Derby completely because you you guys were very good, just like you were at the Hawthorns in containing Albion. You know you know, knew how to get a result, and you know the gift dropped your way of the goal, and and you know you held out and you did really well. And and Wayne Rooney deserves a lot of credit for the for the way he set you guys up and the way that he's he's got this sort of odd job of a team working working together. Um, 
centre back pairing was was very very good. Stearman and, and Curtis Davis worked really well as a pairing together, and and were, were particularly difficult to get past. But I could point blame at, at perhaps the manager or the or the team for not trying to slot balls down the side of them. It was mainly aerial balls, and they dealt with them very well, and they looked really comfortable. Thoughts on the result? The result is it, it means it, it's it's more yeah. I think it's it's the fact that we've lost. I think this this performance has been quite common. Recently, we've had you know Barnsley. We've had you know, even the games that we that we, that we won against Reading and, and Coventry were quite quite similar to this. So, I feel like there's um, I feel like it's more the result than the performance. I think this performance has been repeated several times with lacks of lack of quality, lack of goal scoring touch. But I do feel like um, that, that the result has has been quite different often. Like we haven't we we, we don't often we, we haven't lost this type of game. Who was? Your man of the match. The man of the match for my team uh, it's, it's, uh, it is it is genuinely a difficult one. I would probably, on a whim, give it to Tom Fellows, um, number forty-one, who came off the bench, uh, looked really sharp. Uh, probably provided a little bit of an attacking quality and a desire to run at the opposition, which I don't think I saw from many other West Brom players on uh, on on Monday. So yeah, I'll give it to Tom Fellows. He looked really good and really sharp I hope to see more of him but yeah those are my thoughts on the game and a big thank you for inviting me back onto the Rams Review podcast all the best for the rest of the season take care Louis excellent as always thank you very much for your insights Corey now it's our turn to give our two pence worth I mean I'm disappointed to say I didn't make the game yesterday you know but first they take change it from Boxing Day and then I can't go it's absolutely ridiculous but what 24 and a half thousand I think it was something like that did see was another performance very similar to the way that I think we described the Blackpool game. It was it, it was what it needed to be. It was nothing. It was nothing special. It was nothing fancy. Derby dug in exactly like they had to do at the Hawthorns. They dug in. They defended West Brom. I say this. I've said this about West Brom for a few years, Corey. You know I have. I don't know how West Brom managed to keep getting promoted and playing in the Premier League and then coming back down because every time I've seen West Brom, they've not been good enough. Yesterday, they were not good enough. Uh, Derby rode the luck. We know that. and We're going to go all into that in a second. But just thoughts. First of all, scoreline-wise, Corey, a a 1-0 win. Fortuitous goal for Derby uh, with a a cracking mix-up. Uh, by Kipre. Don't know if I think he thought he was playing in the Forest back line, uh, same as Ryan Yates. So, you know, double cheer uh, for for Derby fans over over this festive period uh, because I did watch the Forest game and that was equally as bad. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's only half the thing, isn't it? The finish from, from CKR is with his, what, second touch after just coming on, after being cold, you know, you know that small warm-up and, and the weather was beating down at Pride Park yesterday. For it to then drop to him on his, drop to him like that, it's, it's, I think that's probably easier to miss than put in the net, Corey. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, Jason, he comes off the bench, he's cold. Uh, it's, it's a terrible evening. Um, Darby's not really creating much. Um, and he's right place, right time. And, you know, it, it looks easy, 20, 22 yards out to roll the ball into the back of the net, but it's not. And it was easier to miss than it was to score. And I've seen a lot of players miss opportunities like that. But CKR buried it. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, and obviously much needed, much needed win. But calamity, calamity struck for West Brom. Personally, Jason, I thought the game was a bit uh, dour and scrappy. I don't think Darby really put three or four passes together all night. 
they didn't look good uh, from, a, from a team perspective. They were they were working hard for fighting for each other, but there was nothing really to get anybody up out of the seats at Pride Park and to to get them excited and you know buzzing or anything like that. And then, yeah, you know, you, you just think Sam Johnston, England keeper, probably the best goalkeeper in this division, might not be in this division in a in a few days' time because he might be up to the Premier League. We don't know. Um, can't really see him getting beaten tonight because he's 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 a he's a man mountain giant giant man, uh, fantastic goalkeeper. And then that guy, Kip Ray, I don't know where they bought him from or how much they paid, but they certainly need to go take him back. I've seen West Brom four or five times this season, and he's been crapping all of them. And he was absolute crap last night. He was terrible. And you can clearly see, I feel bad for Seth Johnston in a way, because he's clearly like, I've got this ball. I'm going to clear this and hook this over to the other side of the field. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to head it straight at your face. And Johnston really can't do much because he's like, oh, if he leaves it, it could go in. So he tries to head it. Falls right to CKR, but, you know, CKR does what he does and he buries it. So maybe a bit of food for thought for Wayne Rooney. We know that CKR has been not happy with his role. Maybe it's a bit of food for thought because I think until then, Darby didn't have anything in the final third, really. Um, they toiled away without much end product. But, you know, like we said, you you have to get points on the board. Um, we've got seven points now. I think Barnsley's got, what, 10? Do Barnsley have 10? Or uh, Barnsley- 14, I think it's 14. 14. So, you know, we're within touching distance of, not being bottom, which would be fantastic. Um, and, you know, like Richard Stearman said after the game, there's still a mathematical chance of survival. Um, and and until, that, until that hope diminishes, you know, we can, I'm going to sit here and think that Darby can get out of it because I'm trying to be as positive as possible. But, you know, um, yeah, fantastic win, fantastic three points. And at the end of the day, um, I saw an interesting stat, Jason. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good stat, but this came from our friend Ollie at, at the Darby County blog. Um, in the two games against West Brom, Darby have had seven shots. West Brom had 44. Darby had one shot on target. West Brom had 14. And Darby took four points off and kept two clean sheets uh, against the baggies. So it just shows, you know, um, it, it's it's clinical and how clinical you are. And, and I agree. I don't think West Brom, I think Ishmael's probably under a little bit of pressure now. Um, they didn't look good. They looked a bit negative. Uh, Callum Robinson, what a waste of time he is as well. He thinks he's big time and he, he sucks. He's a scrub. Uh, just call it call it what it is. Easy scrub. Um, I would be surprised, shocked, actually, if they if they got promoted. I don't think they look very good right now. They're really struggling. And I'd be surprised if Ishmael's still in a job by March um, with the way that they're going right now. But on, on Derby County matters, yeah, fantastic performance. Or not a fantastic performance, not even a good performance, but a performance, a winning performance, I think, is the best way to put that. And to get three points on the board is the most important thing at the end of the day because the newspaper and the results don't lie, Jason. And I'd rather win a game than play beautiful football and lose. Yeah, well, exactly. Like I say, it's that saying. Derby, Derby did what they had to do to win. Um, obviously, again, the, the before the game, the COVID restriction, uh, the COVID outbreaks still going on at Pride Park. So you know, Derby were missing a, a key spine of the team, really, when you think about it, Corey. Uh, you know, obviously, Jagielka wasn't there, uh, Shinny wasn't there, Tom Lawrence, who, let's face it, it's in the form of his career at Derby, his Derby career at the moment. So you know, you you take that away, obviously. Uh, you know, a few more youngsters in there, Richard Stearman's um, in there for the first time since, what is it, October or something like that. Fully deserved man of the match performance from Richard, if you ask me. Immense performance. Wonderful, wonderful. We'll touch on that in a minute. But like you say, you know, you've got, this is going to sound slightly negative and I don't mean it to. Obviously, you you had Luke Plange score against Blackpool. He starts, that's fair enough. Are you really expecting an 18, 19 year old with Sam Baldock up front to really cause West Brom West Brom that much trouble when you could see from an attacking intent Derby were Derby were struggling. It, it did look a defensive lineup. I think it had to be because of you know of, of players 
that they'd um, that they'd got available to them, and of course, just the way that Ishmael Miller's teams play. Um, I think, like you, you were saying, like, you know, there wasn't a lot for for Derby fans to to cheer on to and, and things like that. And I, I would agree with that, but. I wasn't there, but it was commented certainly on Sky Sports that, um, and after the game, it was in punditry. It was that um, you know the, the bringing on of, of CKR and, and Ravel Morrison. I mean, it's it, it just it just lifted Derby, and I must admit, I was sat there watching it on the telly, and I, it, within thirty seconds, Kazim Richards has won a header with the first ball up front, and you think you can get something out of these, you can get some, we can get something out of this. And of course, yeah, it would have been nice to score a well-worked goal or, or you know, from from a, a decent set-piece routine. Okay, it doesn't come like that. But as I say, at this moment in time, I don't really care how it comes. I'd like to see the nice football, but it's not necessarily always going to be there. And at the end of the day, it found the back of the net. I thought it was a fantastic touch. I don't think half of that happens if Ravel Morrison doesn't close down, by the way. I thought, you know, for his coming on in 30 seconds, he's closing down Kipre, put Kipre in two minds, clearly didn't know what to do. Yes, it's awful from Kipre, and I think you do point a lot of the blame at him. But does he panic if if Ravel Morrison's not closing him down? You know, so I'd like to just a, a, a quick nod to Ravel there. Um, and yeah, CKR does what, what CKR can do. Um, after that, let's face it, it was backs against the wall, Corey. It was it was chance after chance after chance. Well, quite cross after cross after cross. Not necessarily a a great amount of quality until the 95th minute. And as soon as the ball came over and I saw that Craig Forsyth was marking Bartley at the back post, I, my head went into my hands. And I mean, it, it's a it's a what? It's a four yard out, six yard out bullet header, and. Ryan Allsops pulled, pulled off one of the one of the saves of the season. Um, okay, he didn't particularly direct it fantastically, but still, from six yard out, from a centre off of the quality of Bartley, you would expect um, a routine, you know, free header to to find the back of the net, wouldn't you? So that's after that's after Ryan Allsop. In in what was I thought Ryan Allsop had a, had a very very good game. He, uh, you know, um, I, I like the comments from Ed. Dawes pre-match about Kel Roos dropping his not dropping his baby. Uh, I thought that was a bit savage, Ed. Uh, <laughs> bit bit a uh, bit savage. But Ryan Alsop did really well. And then one again, this this keeper debate continues to raise raise questions, Jason. But I think now we're at a point in this season where you need to pick a number one. And right now, Ryan Alsop for me, Darby look a better team with him in there. I don't know what they were doing with the short goal kick from Stearman to Alsop. That was kind of stupid. I, I don't understand because they like play it to him and then he just be like, I'm going to kick it upfield anyway. You could have done that anyway. Um, but yeah, I think he looked, he looked steady. He looked, he looked more assured than Roos. Um, and, and he came for a few balls, uh, that, that, uh, and looked very commanding doing that. So for me, Ryan Alsop's got to remain number one. Um, and, and you have to have some consistency in the sticks in the sticks now, um, and, and for that, but, you know, I want to give a nod as well, Jason, to West Brom's men of the match, uh, the towel, um, because, Darnell Furlong, I mean, he threw in the towel late on when they took him off. I've been waiting all day to say that. Um, and they actually left the towel behind, which was a little bit, you know, for the men of the match to leave him and not take him on the bus. I think it's a bit rude for Pride Park to have the Pride Park grounds to have to have to go and pitch that. But I don't know what that crap's all about. I mean, I don't know why I can't wipe it on a shirt. And if I was Darby, I'd have told the ball boys to go and nick him. I know one fan ran on and did nick it and then ran into the crowd doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just stupid. I, you see this now in, in the games and, you know, it, it's, 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 it's time wasting. 
it's literally time wasting. You're, you're not there to use a towel to wipe the ball to do a long throw. That's not part of the game. I don't understand this. That was really stupid. Um, I hate it when teams, it makes me so irrationally angry, like Tony Pulis's baseball cap. I just get really angry when I see it. Um, but yeah, what a waste of time. And I'm glad it, I'm glad it bit him in the butt a bit uh, with the time wasting because then, then they weren't doing it after they took furlong off. They changed the entire tactic and weren't bothered about it. I think West Brom were slowed a little bit by the, the, the absences of Mellet and, uh, and Carlin Grant. But uh, I heard some statistics that they only they don't really score actually that many goals. They just keep a lot of clean sheets and they get a lot of draws. So, um, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens to them the rest of the year. But yeah, fantastic performance. And, and Jason, let's let's talk a little bit about probably the most fantastic performance of the ball uh, before we talk a little bit about team selection. And that, that was Richard Stearman. I mean. Big Richard, big Richard showed up in a big way last night. He was diving all over the place, making blocks. He's got the cool Alice band hair even though he's got short hair, which is just like a weird thing, um, but whatever, you know, um, basically I fell in love with him when he had that promo for the purple kit, you know, and you saw his eyes and you were like, oh yeah, look at that stare. But uh, yeah, you look, we said in our, in our mid-season ratings blog that, you know, he's a valuable role player that understands his role. He knows he's not going to play every week, but he knows when he comes in, he's got to perform and, and he has done that. And to be honest, I'm not saying he can take over Phil Jagielka, but Jagielka is only contracted until the 17th of January. So you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that situation, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But yeah, amazing performance from Steers last night. Uh, absolutely, absolutely warrior performance and fully deserved man of the match for me. 100%. He, 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 I think he made one mistake from what I can remember. And I think that was more down to Max Bird than anything else. And yeah, defenders like Stearman, like Curtis Davis, like like Phil Jagielka, they've been playing the game for, for long enough to know it, I, I, it, I don't think it comes as a surprise that they, they defend as well as they do. And, and if they play to their strengths, defending is quite easy if they can play to their strengths. Obviously, it's the pace and things like that. And that's where I think the other players around them, Nathan Byrne and Festi Ebersele, they take away the runners, which just allows those those block of centre-offs to, to do their job, which is head, head and head and kick it away. Um, and I thought Stearman did, did fantastically. I thought it was a whole back five, whatever you want to call it. I thought Craig Forsyth had a fantastic game last night. I, I mean... Forsyth. Wait, wait, you're praising Craig Forsyth. I am, I am. And do you know what? I, oh, who are I, you? I think I think he's coming for a bit of un- unnecessary criticism. I'm not necessarily sure that he is the up and down wing back anymore. No, it's not Craig Forsyth from a decade ago. But I think if you con if you give him a task to do, if you say to him, just defend, the lad can just defend. If you say, Don't worry about your defensive duties, just push forward. I think he pushes forward and puts in some quality balls. Give him both to do because I think that obviously that's where he. But he, he's yeah. not twenty one anymore. You know, he's not twenty three, twenty four, twenty five anymore. He's he's thirty three or whatever, thirty two or however old he is. Stick him into into one task, and I think that 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 suits him. And to be honest with you, it, it suited him yesterday. He he got okay. He missed the header for the Bartley chance, and if that had gone in, then people would have been slating him. I'm sure, but um, probably me included. But I thought as a whole defensive unit, they had to go with what they were. You know, we we've, we had it in the press conference. There's been two days training. There's, there's not been this. There's not been that. People have dropped out and become available over the course of the week. It must have been to, to then come up against on a Boxing Day-ish fixture against you know, one of the top three sides or were, were due to go into the top two if they picked up a result. Um I think it's nothing short of magical, to be honest, with, with what Derby managed to do, Corey. Yes, on another day... 
put a striker in that West Brom's team, they they probably roll Derby over, and and they probably do. And but that's where Derby are. Derby aren't fighting for the top three. I don't understand how West Brom are because they can't put the ball in the back of the net. They really can't. Um, but I think all in all, it's three points, and that gap's just starting to to get a little bit a little bit tighter. Uh, which I think, which I think is great news, Corey. And I think the other thing, the one thing I just want to want to mention, I don't know if you saw it on the on on your um, on your screen that you got. Erin Cashing comes on and absolutely, oh yeah, he smashed Matt Clark in the next week. Oh, I mean, oh, what a, was that? What a challenge! What a challenge! I'm, um, I mean, how he didn't get sent off for it, I don't know. And how Sky was certainly saying how Richard, uh, sorry, how Curtis Davis didn't get sent off in the first half. I must admit, that was high. I was, it I was high. thinking it hit his knee, and I thought if there was VAR, I don't know. That is high. That is Either high. Um, but actually, ju- just a quick mention on that, Corey. Uh, I've had no end. I've seen no end of people slating the referee yesterday. Um, I must admit, it kind of passed me by. But then, actually, when I think back, I- I'm not so sure the referee did a good job yesterday. Um, there was a lot of silly fouls. Somewhere. It was difficult because of the weather and everything like yeah. that. And you have to take that into account. He made a bit of a rod for his own back in the first half. He was a bit card happy, but it kind of slowed off in the second half. And I agree, Jason. I think when you look at the Curtis Davis tackle, I think he was lucky to get away with a yellow, to be honest, because it was that high up the leg. Um, I'm, you know, thank God there's not VAR because I don't, I think Curtis probably would have walked for that because we've seen how VAR, it changes the perception of the game when you look at it on the replay and everything like that. And but yeah, Aaron Cashin smashing into Matt Clark. Welcome back to Derby, Matt. Uh, thank you for finally shaving your head and a beard. I don't, that's not a good look. I don't know. It's just not a good look, but um, yeah, smash straight into him. It was wonderful. He just run around like a bulldozer and took him straight out. Wonderful. Um, one more point I want to talk about Jason, before we talk a little bit about this, this, this post. Um, uh, Louis Sibley sitting on the bench. Doesn't come on. They have a COVID hit squad. They're playing Luke Plonge ahead of, Louis Sibley. Um, surprised in that? I mean, you'd think that Sibs would get a game. I mean, he has he has had up and down form, but he has played like 50-odd games for Derby. He is still a teenager. He's still very highly rated. He's sitting on the bench, and he can't get a look in, yet you have a COVID-hit squad, and yet you have someone who's considered a senior first-team player now in Sibs, and, and, he, and he's riding the bench. He can't get on. I, I'm a bit surprised with this because I'm, I'm not sure – I'm not sure what this is going to mean for January. I don't know if there's a deal in place. I don't know. Mm. But you would you would expect that he would want to get some games somewhere. And if Darby are struggling and they need a creative outlet, I mean, 18 months ago, Louis Sibley was the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. You know, he was the new Gaza. Uh, you know, I mean, there were all these superlatives that were thrown about. And now, 18 months later, he can't get on a bench ahead of an 18-year-old who's making his third professional appearance who – and. And, and there's a COVID hit squad as well. So there's opportunities there, but simply I was surprised to see his name on the bench. Yeah. I, I, so, so was I. CKR to be honest as well with, with Plonge in there as well. Not, not, not a slating Plonge. I'm just saying maybe you want to kind of have your senior players in there, but I don't know. I was a bit surprised that Sibs can't get a game right now. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised CKR is not, um, is, is not in the starting 11 because I mean, for, for all, you know, Sam Baldock. Sam Baldock's not the answer at Derby. Um, Rooney did say after his press conference, he he, he went with Plange and um, and and Baldock to try and turn the defence. 
because no, I you, agree. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a, you know, like well, a Louis Sibley comes straight into that, role. And, and you're not, and they're sitting on the bench. Yes. You know, Louis Sibley comes straight into that, into that role though. He, he, he has got that turn of pace. He has got that bit of trickery. He has got that bit of quality. He's clearly just bang out of form at the moment, and I, I think he is. So, yeah, but how do you get in form if you don't play? Well, th- there is that, and I, I think that does answer. I th- wait, it probably poses a few more questions than answers, but I think you've just hit the nail on the head there. If he can't get into the starting eleven of a of a depleted squad, then I just don't know where. I'm not saying that Louis Sibley hasn't got a future at Derby. I just I just don't know where that kind of puts him in the, in the pecking order, if that makes sense. Um, we know we we don't exactly use him to to the best of his abilities anyway, because we we don't really play that number ten. Uh, we play the false nine and. You know, yes, he could do a job as a false nine. On base of form this season, you know, Tom Lawrence is going to get in ahead of him. And, you know, again, relying on a 20-year-old to to lead the line as such it is, you know, is a lot on his shoulders. And I, I am surprised, but there's, there's clearly reasons behind it. You know, one thing that I think I can on, say that I've been quite pleased with is, you know, there's been rumours coming out, like the rumour about CKR last week, and you think to yourself, really? Didn't didn't get, obviously, any other inclinations of that. Didn't think that that kind of thing would, would be an issue. Um, the guy comes on after 60 minutes, within in two touches, he's put the ball in the back of the net. And it's like, you, you never know when you're going to get a chance. At this moment in time, with COVID and everything, you don't know, you've got to be ready is it attitude in training? Is it, is it this, that, and the other? Obviously, Sibley was dropped back down to the 23s. You know, you look at some of the other youngsters uh, who have been in and around the squad. Not many of them have been lining up for the 23s. They they have been mainly, you know, main focus has been the first team, whereas Sibley has been let back down there. So I I do find that a bit of a, a bit of a strange one. And like you say, if that is the ease there's a deal done for him in January. 18 months ago, he was keeping more senior players out. Yeah, of course he was. And now he's got less experienced players keeping him out and he can't get a game. But he's he was still, in, he was in great form last year. And I, I just think the he's time still that, young and he is like Rooney didn't play him at the end of last season when he needed a goal. He've hardly featured at all this season. So you just have to think what, what does the future hold? And obviously I hope it's a Derby with, with Louis and, and everything like that, because he's, we, we know how talented the lot is, but, you also wonder, for the sake of his career, he needs to go and play games somewhere. Uh, to be honest with you, th- this is the thing. I mean, come January, let's face it, you know, we're looking, Jason Knight probably won't be at Derby at the end of January. Uh, I think he's probably the, the one at this moment in time that's the, the real celebration. Betting on certainty, yeah. Yeah. Him I don't leaving... see anybody coming in from Axford, personally. I don't see anybody coming in for Thompson. I don't see anybody coming in for Williams. Buchanan's been injured. Not at so- the minute, yeah. No, I can't see it. I, I think Jason Knight is the one. And if that's the case, that obviously then, if he does leave, we'll all be sad to see him go put in a great performance again yesterday. Um, it opens that slot. And and you never know. You might just then start to see a bit more of him after after January. But again, is, is he one of them players? You know, Festi Ebersele, Liam Thompson, Luke Plange, you, you would expect those to be sticking around for League One. Yes. I'm not. I'm not sure. anybody gonna. No one's gonna sign them on the base of five or ten championship. No. been okay. And but Max Bird's been decent. Plange has been okay. Abisale's been okay. Yeah, you know the likes of Max Bird and and, and that that sort. I think they've 
I think they've proven they can do it at the championship level. I don't know if they, you know, if they can do it at the top echelons of the championship, but they can certainly do a job in the championship. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, what, we're only four days away from, or three days away from the transfer, four days away from the transfer window opening. Um, and obviously, I'm sure those questions that we've just put, uh, we're going to start to get some answers. Um, final point for me on yesterday's game. Uh, we've just mentioned his name there, Liam Thompson. I mean, wow. What a... I don't know where and how he's not been involved more, Corey. I don't, has he just really developed over the last six months or something? You know, has, has a switch just gone in him? Because yesterday he was putting himself, he was arch. Oh, he was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. very, very good. He was yeah. arch again. He was all over the place. Corey. And there was, a, there was a situation in the second half where he had two West Brom players and he beat them both and was able to get away. He won the ball, beat them both and got away. I think they pulled him back or something like that. But yeah, Thompson, Thompson's been fantastic. And I think. Um, you know, obviously I think with, with a young player, we've seen this before, you know, you have to, you have to manage them properly. You have to make sure that the expectation doesn't get too much too soon. Um, and that they don't get burned out, um, because they are going to have peaks and valleys in form. So definitely I think next season is going to be a big season for Thompson this season, you know, continue to see his development, don't expect too much. And then next season, maybe, maybe we can raise the expectations a little bit, a little bit more, but still learning his way in the game, but he put in a top draw performance against one of the better championship sides. Um, league table anyway. Um, league table doesn't lie. West Brom's a top side in this division. You, you can't put any of the way, right? They're third, second, third, third or fourth in the table. Um, so, you know, put in a fantastic performance against the top side and and hopefully that continues. But I agree with you how, how he's not played more, how he's not being a part of this team. Um, and it's good to see the young players when they get an opportunity to seize control of it because Liam Thompson, I don't think he was on anybody's radar at the beginning of the season. And now he'd be at least, he'd be like, well, who do you leave out for Liam Thompson then in, in the team? And and everything like that. So it's just a testament to the young man. So hopefully he's got the, hopefully he can continue to drive on and, you know, have that attitude to, to get in the first team and not want to lose that shirt. But, you know, with COVID happening, you don't know which players are going to be available. These players, like you say, have to be ready um, and they have to be able to take their opportunities when they come. So it's good to see them. Good to see them to start to take their opportunities because it, we know that Darby's had such a small squad. Uh, and then now giving them the opportunities um, is it, just, it's just kind of slightly increasing numbers. And, and that brings me on, Jason, to a nice segue to that, to that last point that I wanted to talk about before we go into Ben's segment. Um, just about, obviously, we talked last week about the, the breaking transfer news that was going on. Kirshner update has obviously pulled out of that. Uh, looks like Appleby has upped his, upped his bid um, for the club in terms of the preferred buyer. We still don't have one yet, you know, so they're still, uh, the administrators are still having that proverbial can down the road, kicking it a little bit. Um, but what it means for contracts is that Baldock and Jagielka are out of contract on the 17th of January. Um, and my understanding is from, from what we read is that, you know, once a preferred buyer is named, that gives some opportunities for some flexibilities in the transfer market. We're not expecting big money, but some sort of flexibilities in terms of contracts or free agents or loans or some front angling, whether or not they're out of administration or not, they're starting the process. Um, and then the longer this this delay goes on, the longer Rooney's hands are tied. And I know he said he's frust- he was frustrated about it because he could lose Jagielka. He could lose, you know, a lot of these players on, on, on that are you know, seven or eight players that are going to be out of contract in summer. They need to be tied down. And to be fair to Kirshner, he made a good point that the longer this goes on, the longer these players are not tied down to contracts, the longer you can't sign, the value of the club is going to decrease because they will move on. And then you will be stuck in league one potentially with like four players. And it's going to become a massively big job. Um, hopefully that's named sooner rather than later. So it gives, again, it's going to be a bit of a slow, disappointing window. I would suspect from Derby fans, but hopefully, hopefully if something's named, we can make a couple signings, potentially in the bottom of, you know, in the final third of the pitch, who are you going to get? That's been out of contract for over six months. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get much. 
maybe he can for an angle alone signing here or there that can just help paper over the cracks and, and tidy things up a little bit. So it will be, it will be very interesting. And I think Jason, before I let you have a word on this, it's just very interesting because uh, Chris Kirshner came in and um, you know, me obviously being stateside, I'd never heard of him. I spoke to several business people, uh, several business reporters in context that I know within, within the business industry. Um, several didn't want to talk because they, they, there's something sketchy going on. Several of them said, you know, they didn't really know much about him, everything like that. But he came in and fans, I think, sat there and thought, my God, look at this. It's the savior from America. Right now, if I show up to the stadium, they think I'm an idiot because I'm an American. And I don't know anything about football. He shows up. He's American. But somehow he's reported to have millions in the bank. So they all think he's the second Messiah. And now he's walked out. And some people are going, well, he's a charlatan anyway. He was just in it for he was just in it to, to do what I was like. Yeah, but five weeks ago, you were like, oh, my God. Oh, it's Chris Kirshner. Oh, he's the second coming. And now you're sitting here and going. Yeah, he was just a Charlotte anyway. He was just playing games. I, I mean, come on. It's a, it's a business thing here. You know, it's a business thing. He's probably moved on. He was the only one that showed reportedly his money to the EFL. I'm sure he wouldn't have been around. But I do think he wasn't the preferred bidder from the administrators. And I think they moved the measuring sticks ever so slightly. And he knew that he wasn't going to get it. And he was like, you know what? I've, I've done everything I can. This is due diligence. I'm trying to get the deal done. You keep moving these yardsticks because I don't think he was the preferred bidder. He more or less took himself out of that. So. Um, it will be an interesting January. It, it will be a big January for Derby County for the history of this club because, you know, liquidation could follow in February or new owners could follow. You could get some signings or not. So it, it'll, it'll be a big month. It'll probably be a defining month in our lifetimes for Derby County, Jason, because we've not seen Derby County. I don't think we've either seen Derby County in the in the third division. No. The third tier. Um, so it'll be it'll be very interesting. But, yeah, it was just funny how how perspectives change where he comes in as the Messiah and then all of a sudden he was just a charlatan like Eric Alonzo who was just trying to front to make himself like a big businessman. I think it was, I think he, he saw an opportunity. Um, I think he, he wanted to, to buy the club. I'm sure he did. Um, he, if he didn't, he wouldn't have gone through the process of, of what he did and everything like that. But I think they ultimately, I think ultimately the realized the tax, but wasn't going to get decreased. And ultimately the, you know, the administrators wanted to go in a different direction. So, you know, whether that's good or bad waits to be seen. We talked about that obviously last week, our, our thoughts on, 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 on being a steady Eddie and everything like that. But um, yeah, it's going to be a defined January is going to be a defining month for, for Derby um, in, in more ways than one. Yeah. I, I think that the two points that I've got on, on that chat, uh, conversation starting point that you've just had there is that, uh, yeah, I do believe that when once a preferred bidder um, is announced, I don't know if this is the exact figure, uh, but I do believe that um, there's a deposit a non-refundable deposit that has to be paid um, to the tune of about £5 million, I think it is. So obviously I would presume that £5 million goes into sorting out contracts if need be, possibly a bit of wiggle room. Obviously we know we can't actually pay for anybody. We can't pay no loan fees. We can't pay nothing because we're still under a transfer embargo. Um, And obviously that the rest of that will then fund the club um, in their day-to-day operations and bump Quantuma's pay packet until uh, you know obviously the the club successfully taken over um if it was to fall through at that point i don't believe there's any uh, any process where they can get that money back so once that bid has been preferred as such and once that's been named that money goes into the coffers and and it stays so yeah you would think just because the takeover might not be done till mid february you would have thought that they're going to name somebody which will allow derby county to make make moves in the january transfer window 
um, ins and outs, whatever it may well be. So I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic about that period. Uh, you're quite right. Who on earth we're going to be able to bring in is is anybody's guess. It's probably going to be loans, probably going to be youngsters. You would have thought. Um, but we'll we'll wait and see on that. And I think on, on the other thing, just on the Kirchner thing, is a businessman. You're right. I, I do believe that Kuntuma moved the goalposts. Rumours are that you know he 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 said that he was happy sixty five million over over two years, but I don't think that was as good as what Kuntuma want because of course they they need the sale. They want the sale of Derby County. But what I think some people do kind of forget at times is they're there to get the most money for Derby County that they possibly can. And it's clear that... They get a bigger cut. Well, well, there is that. They're, well, that, that's what they're employed for. They're employed I agree with the you. They're, they're there to get the best deal for all parties. If, yeah, of course if they are. you bid five pound and I bid six, I'm going to win it. Yeah, exactly. And if, if, if I say to you, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a million pound, but I'm going to give you a pound a day. And you go, well, I can give you £100,000 now. That's exact. Those deals are exactly going to be how they be. Um, and... We'll never know if, if that would have, if, you know, if the old Kirchner thing would have worked out. I wonder if he's returned his coat and hat um, or, or if he purchased them himself. What we've seen him, we've seen him in at the games, but. Um, Quantuma probably charged him like 70,000 for him. Well, Fanatics, I've seen the prices on the Fanatics website. It is, I'm guessing he probably brought it from there, but uh, saved on the shipping, probably got it from the American, American side. But uh, yeah, I, it's disappointing. As you say, we had our thoughts. So I'm not going to, I'm going to, not going to dig up all those. Um, but it did sound like that he'd got a pretty acceptable bid in 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 his own words. Of course, we've not seen it, but certainly from his his Twitter um, his Twitter socials and things like that last week, it sounds like that he 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 did what he was asked of. He he, he made a bid he, he thought was good enough. But at the end of the day, he's a businessman, and if he thinks it's worth walking away from, then. You're right. It, well, it's clearly one of two things. It's clearly either he, he obviously he was never going to be the preferred bidder and he, he's just saving face or the these negotiations that Quantuma have said that they're having with HMRC and, and, and various Middlesbrough and, and Wickham, they're not going to plan. They, they're clearly not going to be what they what they want to be. And I think at that point, you do look at it as Kirchner, the businessman and Andy Appleby or uh, Gadsby or whoever it may well be who are known to Derby County in terms of they've they've got an affinity with Derby County so that, that's maybe where that where that comes from but before the next segment I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game giving back to the real heroes of football us the fans download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups check in on match days and check your fan statistics compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fan Hub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today, and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details, and check out the Fan Hub app and website. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys. 
um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Darby stuff. So go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season. So stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Darby County. They've got England mugs, Darby County mugs, and various different kits. And you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review. As a, as a coupon code there as well, and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's that's Flatback 4 and Six Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. First of all, we're going to hear from Ben from the YYY Files to give us his thoughts on the trip to the coldest ground in the UK, apparently, and um, certainly the windiest, in the middle of December. I'm glad I'm not going, Corey. It's obviously the trip to Stoke City on Thursday. Here's Ben's thoughts on the game. Hey up listeners of the Rams Review, my name is Ben Rowley, I'm a Stoke City fan for my sins, I'm the host of Stoke City Podcast, The YYY Files, and Corey has asked me to give a preview from a Stoke City perspective for our game against yourselves, hopefully which will take place at the end of 2021. How has the season gone so far? Stoke for the season so far, I think going into it we would have... Not expected top six, but hoped for top six. Certainly we expected to build on last season and maybe a, a, a top half finish would be you know, acceptable. But to be in the top six, even as we head into Christmas, is, is, is fantastic. I don't think we've been there since our time in the championship, since we dropped in 2018. And you know, it's, it's nice that we've been in a decent run of form pretty much the entire season. What is the recent form like? Jittery to some extent. We've uh, we've drawn against Middlesbrough. We've lost against Blackburn. We've lost against Bristol City away, which nobody seems to be doing. Um, but then we've beaten teams like QPR and further back. If I look, we've beaten teams like West Bromwich Albion. Um, you know, our season has been relatively inconsistent, but then Stoke City has always been inconsistent. And I think perhaps because of the quality of the league, perhaps because of our squad depth on this occasion, perhaps just through sheer dumb luck, but we seem to be able to deal with it much better this season. Our inconsistency is balancing out in our favour for a change. What are your thoughts on the manager? He's got his flaws, as every manager does, but he's a a calm and respected yet imperious figure. Um, I think he gives off the impression that he knows what he's doing. We believe in him. On the whole, anyway, there's a couple of things we'd like to see him do better. But you know, maybe after the odd loss, he gets a few pelters. But once he starts winning again, which he inevitably does, uh, we're right behind Michael O'Neill. And I think he's the best shot we've had in a long, long time of doing something good at Stoke City. And I'm I'm sure that he can deliver that. Who are your key players? And unfortunately, the majority of them are injured. <laughs> Nick Powell is our top goal scorer still, and he is out until I think March now. Um, he'll definitely miss this game. Harry Suter has been imperious at the back. You know, one of the best defenders in the championship. Um, he is out for the season. Uh, Joe Bursic, who has been a very, very good goalkeeper for us, again, is out injured. Um, luckily, Adam Davis has come in and done an excellent job. Uh, to stand in but other than that our key players are probably our wing backs I would say that Tommy Smith and Josh Tyman have done an excellent job this season of providing width 
uh, both defensively and defensively. I think Tommy Smith has some of the best chances created per 90. And then Josh Tyron has just been an absolute bulldozer. Has scored a goal or two as well. Um, and is turning into a real quality championship fullback. How will you line up against the Rams tactically? The way that Stoke play, we, we press hard. Um, or we are known to press hard anyway. Um, people like Jacob Brown up front is absolutely relentless with his pressing and will not give you a moment's peace. Um, but we don't press in the way like West Brom does. I'd say we perhaps do it a little bit smarter. I, th- I think we do press throughout the game, um, unless we're winning, in which case we can drop off. But when we're on the front foot, we do look to nick the ball off you. And depending on who we play up front, and I guess now that we've had a couple of weeks off, we might look to, to push you a bit harder too, depending on how people have recovered from COVID. Um, you'll you'll see a bit of pressing in there. You'll almost certainly see a 3-5-2 um, with players like Mario Vrancic in the midfield um, and probably Joe Allen in the midfield. Sam Klukas has recovered from injury, so he'll be there. Um, you've got players like Tyrese Campbell up front with his pace, Stephen Fletcher for the knock-ons and his link-up play has been excellent. What are your strengths? And I'd say that there are strengths, actually. We've, we've got a lot of versatility in the squad. Um, despite the lack of squad depth at the moment, our squad is actually really deep, despite the injuries and COVID cases. And we've been able to adapt to teams, which is exactly what Michael O'Neill loves to do. His time at Northern Ireland was based off that. And, yeah, I, I, I feel like our best strength has been able to adapt to any team that we come up against. Where can Derby hurt you? I feel like if Michael O'Neill's plan A doesn't work, he doesn't necessarily have a plan B in mind, even though he definitely has them on the bench. And it's very often that if we concede first, we lose the game. I think we saw that um, in the reverse fixture this season when you went 2-0 up relatively quickly and we could not recover from that. What are your thoughts on the Rams? Thoughts on Derby? Ah, It's very hard to say, isn't it, really? Um, I I am partially feeling sorry for you guys with your financial difficulties. I think it's been coming for a couple of years, though. I think you were lucky to survive it last season. But then, any football club with even the word administration and liquidation mentioned is, is an absolute disgrace. And I feel sorry for you on that front. Yes, you possibly should have been relegated last season, but no club deserves their club to be sold in the way that yours is and even like I say talking about non-existence is is, is absolutely pathetic and I, I I really hope you recover um, I'm sure you will it, it's, it's, it's obviously taken a massive hit this season and if you stay up it'll be an absolute miracle you seem to be fighting despite the circumstances and, and, that, and that's great to see um, but when there's teams like you know Barnsley and team teams like that who who are still plenty of points above you and and they can't get results I I think it is inevitable that you're going to go but it is we'll see what happens in January for you guys I don't need to talk to you about what what might happen to you in January you know plenty about that I'm sure Um, how do you think the game will go how do I think the game will go I have no idea to be honest because again with all the Covid cases I don't know who's had Covid at Stoke um, or, or I don't personally know anyway I think the information might be out there but there's been so many um, I don't know who's going to recover and come back from injury too so it, it could be highly dependent on that really if we're threadbare and we're looking to play perhaps a couple of kids um, then things could be interesting um, but again I'm, I'm not sure what the state of your squad is either so that's no excuse I'm hoping that we can go 
toe-to-toe -to -toe with you regardless. Um, I'm hoping for a better result this time round, and I'm confident that we will get one. What is your score prediction? Um, I, I can't see anything past the Stoke win in this game. I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory. Our thanks go out to Ben. Um, so, yeah, come on. Our thoughts on the trip to whatever it's called these days. Um, is it still the community? Is it the Bet365 or is it some of the Stoke Community Stadium or whatever? That one on the A50 that you can see for miles. I'm going to say the Potteries. Yeah, that's it. You, you can see it. You can see it in the distance for miles on the A50. Um, I drove. I drove past it on the way to Blackpool. You would, yes, but, of course. And hit the M6, Blackpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I've, so I have seen it. I have seen the ground from the outside. I've been, I have been. Um, I fell from row W all the way down to the bottom um, a few years ago. That hurt. Uh, they're quite steep steps, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the old cliche, can, can you do it on a wet and windy Thursday night this time, um, which I think it's going to be wet and windy in this country on, on Thursday. Can this isn't it always wet and windy in England? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Um, can this depleted? We don't know if any any are going to be back by Thursday. They're certainly not going to be back in, in time to have had much training, if if that's the case. Um, so are we going into this with pretty much the same, you know, 11, 14 players, fifteen players that we 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 saw we saw yesterday? Can they go to Stoke and 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 do the job yet again? Obviously. It was uh, was it the was it the first win that we picked up this season against Stoke or was that it was just the game after administration wasn't it I think after it was and, and, we, was and we, we we played it was probably the best performance of the season yeah beat them handily um, and would would you know it's going to be a tough game and, and you can never tell with Jason with the with the COVID you don't know if if five more players of this squad that played are going to come down with it or how Stoke's going to line up everything like that I know I've seen Stoke a few years or a few times this year or this season uh, Michael O'Neill seems to have made him like I don't know they seem borderline dirty i don't know they, they always try to to kick you and stuff like that i saw the one where the coaches fought that game um i don't know whether they fit in red meat or whatever but it'll be an interesting game because obviously we don't know how either team's going to look but i think darby now when you look at it they've won two games in a row um momentum's going with them and I, you know what jason i'm gonna keep the good vibes going darby's gonna win this game one nil here you go. You're going to kill my good vibes. No, no. It's, this is why the listeners like me better than you. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll have your comments on that after. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, do you know, I just don't know. I, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, a, are they still in and around the top six? I'm guessing they are. We only need to worry about the bottom end of the table, of course. So I don't really tend to look too high, but um, certainly not when Nottingham Forest is at that end. Um, it's an, it's another game that Derby will, will, will fight, will scrap. They, they've obviously they've got tools to to compete they've got different game plans they've got different ways of playing who's going to be available on 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 Thursday is obviously going to be a, a bit of a bonus if say all those you know all those players who are back they had the extended rest because obviously game cancelled last week um half the team that would would probably normally come back in for that game on Thursday have had a bit of a break obviously dependent on how bad they've, you know, they've had, um, they've had any symptoms with COVID or, or how they're feeling. It, it's, it's another opportunity. It's Derby are, are on a bit of a, a bit of a bounce at the minute. It's not been draw, draw, lost, one, one, draw, lost, you know, lost, drawn. It, they, they've backed up a couple of results. They've, they've had a couple of wins. Um, they've probably won what three out of the last five or three out of the last six or whatever it may well be. Um, my only worry is the majority of the points are coming at home. Um, away seems to be that tougher fish 
they they do seem to be you know obviously they went to Fulham not so long ago and got got a good result they went to Millwall and, and got a pretty decent result um we then had the tetched performance at Bristol City so it's it's one of them I'm going to stick my neck out I'm not going to say that we're going to win but I think you've got to keep the good times rolling I think if you come in and out of the A50 derby with a point it's another point it's another point on the board it will be you know as you say the gap at the minute between us I think and Barnsley is seven they're going to start sweating they are going to start sweating and it's derby have just got to keep we know they've just got to keep going they've, they've just got to keep getting on that roll um, and we've seen that they can compete. They can compete with any team in this league. As you say, you go back to that game against Pride Park, Stoke were awful for, for 60 minutes. Derby were already 2-0 up, and you know the game was kind of beyond Stoke. I thought Stoke were, were stronger towards the end, but you would expect that. It's a bit of a footballing cliche. First goal's massive. The first goal was massive against West Brom. If West Brom got that first goal, even at home, I think Derby would have struggled to get anything out of the game. So I do think you know if there is to be a goal, uh, the first goal on uh, on Thursday is going to be is going to be huge. Um, but why not? Why can't they go there, get a positive result? Let's end um, end twenty twenty one, which has been let's face it, a, a rough season uh, or a rough year, should I say? Let's finish that on a positive. At least finish it unbeaten is what I'm you know is what I'm saying. I think when you looked at that block uh, of around Christmas, you know we've already got. In this game, out of the West Brom game, we've probably already got three more points than we were expecting. So I think you you look on to the next two, two tough away games, of course, with with Reading to come before the uh, before the FA Cup tie. Um, if you can if you can stay unbeaten in the three and and pick up four points out those out those three games or or five points, you uh, you know, then that that that'd be massive. I think that's probably being a bit too. Um, exaggerous because we haven't got a great record at Stoke. We haven't got a great record at Reading either. Um, Reading obviously are fighting down there with us, so be interesting. Be interesting to see where that one goes. Obviously, another team that's had a points deduction. But um, in terms of Stoke, I don't see why. I've seen enough from Derby this season, Corey, where we've questioned teams that um, that battle that that fight that you know out fight derby out battle derby i've seen more than enough performances this season to know that derby can derby can play that way stoke will play that way pretty much uh, and derby obviously can can get in and around it uh, with, and mix it with with some of the best best teams in this division we've seen probably not outplay them but you know we've seen this season more often than not derby have nick results when when things were against against them so um I can see him coming out with a draw. I can see him winning it. Don't get me wrong, but I can. I think it'll all come down to the first goal if there is one. Uh, and I say squad availability. You just you just never know at the minute. It's an absolute lottery. Um, they've just got to go with what they've got, and that's one positive that I've got. I mean, that's what probably three different lineups in the last three games, and and there's been positive. There's been positives in all three performances, really, um, and, and a couple of positive results. So. As far as I'm concerned, Derby, Derby have got nothing to fear still to to go into that game, and um, yeah, we could be we could be talking just before the uh, the end of the year previewing um, previewing Reading Corey in, in very high spirits. Very much so, Jason, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good couple of weeks, and hopefully, like I said, you know, we can we can have a successful January, and, and 2022 can be a heck heck of a lot better uh, than than 2021 because let's be honest, 21 2021 kind of sucked. Uh, on a lot of different levels uh, for, for a lot of different people. 
um, but it sucked a lot for Darby County as well. So, you know, I'll, I'll raise a glass of, I'll raise it probably a bit too early for me to be raising a glass. So I'll raise a nice tall glass of chocolate milk to you, Jason, and, and you know, happy new year. And, and then hopefully, you know, good tidings to come uh, in the new year. And then it's the start of, it's start of a new era for, for Darby County, which, which is desperately needed. Yeah, absolutely. Fully agree with you, but yes. Um, so that is all for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us and listening as always. As we say, that next game, is it the third? I'm not even sure what date the Reading game is, Corey. Something like that. Second I think or it third. Is, yeah. So, yeah, we, it will be to 2022 by the time we uh, by the time We, we may have a bonus one out, though. We may, oh, yeah. we may not. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. I've got a feeling we probably will. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll reconvene at the beginning of 2022, and hopefully we've got another positive result to talk about against against Stoke and you never know it's Derby Derby might might be pushing towards that 23rd spot you just ne- you just never never know but that's hey, all from this time. episode it is it is but that is all from this episode my thanks go out to Corey as always Corey thank you very much Jason thank you happy new year to you happy new year to your family happy new year to our listeners and thank you to all of our listeners and collaborators um, who, who work with us this season or this year. Um, 2021 has been an absolute blast on this podcast, Jason. I've put myself immensely. We've made some amazing new friends. We've met, um, we've recorded some, we've had good laughs. We've had good cries. We've, we've had all the range of emotions. Um, but it's been incredible. And, and, you know, we, we, we enjoy doing the podcast, but we also enjoy, you know, the fact that other people enjoy it. And so thank you so much to our listeners and our supporters. And like I said, our collaborators, who take time out of their schedules to, to talk football with us. It's, it's, it's been a blast. And, and, We've got some big plans for 2022, Jason, and just so so fortunate to be able to 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 be doing this with you. Yeah, no, I echo all of that. Definitely, happy new year to to you and to you and everybody out there who's who's contributed and who who listens and um, you know all that. That's um, we do appreciate it, of course. Um, otherwise, it'd just be um, two two strange people rabbiting on weekly, twice weekly, sometimes. Well, one um, one strange person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fine, but I'm I'm from Derby, so right. that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it is it is absolutely great. Um, thanks for all the support. Um, and you're right. 2022. Let's hope it looks looks better for Derby County. We'll certainly have a few answers to to certain scenarios. I would I would argue um, in the in the near too distant future. And um, you know, let's at least hope that for the for the whole of 2022, we've still got a club to talk about because that is that is the most important thing. And you never know the light. It's a saying that you use, Corey. You know, it's th- things things can only get better. Um, and we've we've just got to take it from there, really. But that is all for this year on the Rams Review Podcast. Thanks for listening, and as always, for one final time this year, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.